This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. It's October 25th here on the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Bergenoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew, the dude can't miss bets. Don't let the kid get hot, as they say. Yeah, well, I mean, this is just unreal, Kyle. Seven out of seven weeks, midway through the season. It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Is it week eight? Is it week nine? I mean, it is going to come crashing down very soon, but... I'm just riding the lightning while it's here, man. And I, I need to tip my cap to you. Your Phillies somehow are in the World Series. What do you so, mean somehow? Never a doubt. 87 wins is all you need in the regular season, right? I mean, that's what the, basically the Braves did last year. In June, they were like bottom 10 odds to win the World, the World Series. And then I was looking at your Eagles. I know it's a great time to be a Philly sports fan. I, like, on their schedule, you can really walk through it. And obviously, they're undefeated, so you can make a case for every single week they're going to be favored. But, I mean, what's your prediction on the record end of year? I mean, I, I know you're not going to say 17-0. You're a realist, right? But, yeah, I mean, of course. What they'll, do you think, like 14, 15 wins? They'll stumble. It, it happens to every team. Yeah, maybe three losses, four losses. It'll happen. Dude, if I told you that at the beginning of the year, are you just running around your house with your pants off, just happy as can be? I mean, that's the normal. But yes, I'd be more happy than usual. And not to mention, people know I'm a huge Penn State fan. I'm going to the Ohio State game this weekend, by the way, if anyone's going. Give me a shout out on socials. I'll be there. Um, Penn State, 13th in the country. I mean, good things are happening. I don't understand why or how, but it's all happening at once, and it's awesome. You guys are going to get slaughtered. Oh, God. Have you seen the spread? No, I haven't. What is it? (laughs) Last time I looked, it was like three touchdowns. (laughs) Jeez. That's... That's way more than what I thought. We're glad you're with us. We're going to be going over the week eight kind of preview of the main slate. Talk about our salary standouts. We'll even review what you and I had in our cash game picks this past week. But yeah, it's an exciting time around here with the footballers. Brooks, just a little sneak 
you know, behind the curtain, Brooks was just changing the set here for spitballers. Literally, as we were going live, as if this podcast does not matter that much. But, I mean, that's what Brooks does what he does, right? He runs the ship. I mean, I don't question it. Brooks is the man, so he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I mean, he, he can do whatever he wants. If you want to get our picks for FanDuel, for DraftKings, Roster Percentage Report, you can get that in the DFS Pass. And, Betts, did you know that we just changed the price? Did we really? I actually did not know that. Yes, Andy informed me that we're giving kind of a prorated discount since we're past the six and seven week mark where you're basically getting another 33% off. So what the heck, man? <laughs> what, we, what is happening? It was already free just, to begin with. <laughs> uh, and by the way, the, when you buy the DFS pass, it's coming straight out of Betts' account. Like He's getting paid less and less as we keep going, despite the fact that we're giving more and more content. I know you and I don't have anything else going on in our life right now. Not a uh, thing. But, but yes, you can go to DFSPass.com. We slash the prices. And you can still use the promo code DFSPod to save 10%. We think that you can make your money back very, very quickly in one weekend of playing cash games and playing it the right way. Jason, this past week, uh, I was like, Jason, you know that lineup that you give on Friday's show? You need to put that either in the Millie Maker. I know it's a cash lineup. Or just put it in cash. And Jason finished 38th out of like 5,000 in a double up. So I, Jason, in just like casually putting in his lineup, already paid double for whatever the DFS pass is. So you can get all of that at DFSPass.com, but let's review our cash picks. Straight cash, homie. And just a little spoiler alert, Jason, Big Shimmy, will be joining you on Thursday. I'll be out of town, but... Yeah, you and the big shim, man, for week eight, which is shaping up to be kind of a gross slate, to be honest. Yeah, but we got big shimmy on, so the vibes will be the vibes will be high. No, Jason's been on fire. If you haven't noticed from our Friday fantasy face-off segment, like he hasn't been wearing the dumb outfits because Jason's been cashing every single week. So you want to listen up to him. But speaking of cashing, this past week you and I had pretty good weeks, and we're not we don't come into this segment to say look what we did but more just to review the process and some things we can learn. So this past week, I think the big play for us was playing Burrow. Joe Burrow went ballistic, and early on, I think you and I both knew, like, okay, this is going to be a good week for us because Joe Burrow uh, went off for 40-plus. Quarterbacks was all over the map, and we said before that this was going to be a week where the field doesn't know what to do. Geno Smith ended up being the most popular cash game quarterback and then uh, Burrow and Lamar Jackson. But talk about the strategy between if you weren't going to play Lamar, who we liked a lot. Like, I think you and I were both shocked that Lamar only threw the ball, what, 16 times? Like, it just, it wasn't a game where they needed him. But the strategy behind going to Burrow instead of Lamar. Yeah, I mean, early in the week, I was really excited about playing Lamar. And we talked about it on Thursday. You know, it was one of those things that we were pretty clear. It's like, if Mark Andrews doesn't play, take him off your cash game list. Well, Mark Andrews played. Was the knee issue more serious than maybe we were kind of led to believe or, you know, what we have been told based off the practice reports and all those sort of things with the beat reporters? Maybe, you know, you also had Rashad Bateman coming off a foot injury. So maybe that was kind of a a factor to consider more than what we may have have done already. If you're thinking about little tiebreakers, I mean, that's where the edge in cash comes because it's always so close between two guys or three guys in every position. You know, it's not like you have like 12 guys you're picking from. You're picking from like two or three. And so if you consider those little edges, you know, that's really where it comes down to. So for me, what I why I did not play uh, Lamar 
I played him in tournaments. It was obviously a train wreck. I did not play him in cash was because of the Keenan Allen Chargers situation. And, you know, it wasn't just Keenan who was looking honestly doubtful. He said on Friday, what would it take for you for me to be active on Sunday to a reporter? His answer was God. So I was like, okay, I don't I don't think he plays. I mean, amen. I don't think he plays. Turns out he did. And so I was like, I'm going to prioritize Austin Eckler because it wasn't just Keenan Allen, right? It was Keenan potentially out, Josh Palmer and Donald Parham Jr. So banged up in an incredible spot against the Seahawks who have been giving it up to pass catching running backs. We just saw them have 16 targets Monday night football the week before. So for me at that 8K range, you know, Eckler was what, 8.2, 8.3, and Lamar was 8K. You couldn't fit both if you really wanted to have a good balanced lineup. So I prioritized Eckler and that led to me coming down to Burrow. I still think Lamar had the highest ceiling on the slate, given the context, given the matchup against Cleveland, all those sort of things. But for me, that's why I landed on Burrow and and clearly it worked out. Thank goodness the, the Falcons on defense are uh they're taking the week off most weeks on defense you can't fit everyone in your lineup right like we can't we can't fit every single high price player and so it comes down to if you want a three running back build and you know josh jacobs and kenneth walker were in our lineup on tuesday like there was no chance that we were going to move off them and we knew we want to go to three running back builds so eckler kind of got prioritized in our best plays we had him as like a top three running back and it was just worth it. My question is, who who are the people that were not playing Josh Jacobs? He was 80% in my double up. What were those other 20% people doing? God bless them. I I don't know. I, I It's always befuddling to me that I look at people in head-to-heads and I go, this is what they're running out there. And Betson always makes this joke like, there's still an edge to be had in cash because there are people that are just Throwing together lineups where they're flexing two tight ends or they're not playing Josh Jacobs, where it's just like, okay, well, if you're reading anything on the internet this week, any DFS content, you're going to see that Josh Jacobs is the chalk and you just play him no matter what. So I think that's my can main give thoughts. You, can but I give you the, the play of the week that just made me just jaw drop to the floor? Go for it. It's a running back. Can you guess who, who it might have been? Somebody played a running back in cash that just you're saying that just never in a million years would you ever do this oh man um i'm gonna say they played like caleb huntley worse dontrell hilliard <laughs> wasn't a head-to-head against me i mean there is still an edge in cast just play the best plays people will make mistakes yes we give all those picks in the dfs pass we also give on saturdays we write our best plays article which kind of we get to rank here's the players and just know you cannot fit every single person in there like i wanted to play jamar chase this week but based on pricing and based on target share, like T. Higgins turned out fine. It was really scary, right, for the first two quarters. Like, where is T. Higgins? And obviously paying up for Chase looks better. But to have a build and to have a balanced build, which is what you and I went for, and we punted tight end this past week, it came down to saying I can't play Lamar. And I can't play Andrews if I want to play these other plays. So keep that in mind. And then my last little tip for people is add up your running back touches. If you are doing... A three running back build, just project, you know, look at their opportunities, but project their touches. For Josh Jacobs, I think you and I could comfortably say he was going to get 22 touches. I think when we looked at Kenneth Walker, you know, 18 to 20 touches. And then when you look at Austin Eckler, you have to weigh him differently because I think nine plus catches was on the radar of just this is his floor. And what did he end with 12? Like 12 receptions? Yeah, it was at least, it was definitely double digits. Yeah, he was 9 for 31 on the ground, but when you add up his pass-catching work, that's, to me, 
what is the differentiator between looking at three running backs or you know going elsewhere and you know playing Lamar? Like it to me, it was like Eckler's the clear better play because of the pass catching work. So keep all that in mind. We also give our roster percentage report, which is once again it's for tournaments and not for cash, but we think it can still give you a good little gauge for cash. But let's move on to week eight. State of the main slate. Each week, we will be referring to the DraftKings Sportsbook line. It's where Bets and I play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. Let's check in with a little wager. And you put one here that uh, I forgot I made, but I guess I lit my money on fire. <laughs> yeah, normally we, we come in and give one that's trending in the right direction. I wanted to just... You know, take a step back and realize like there's a lot of stuff we get wrong. And one of them this year for us, if you remember in the offseason and in best ball and in every format, we were like, man, this Broncos offense is going to be so good. You know, Nathaniel Hackett, more aggressive, (laughs) Russell Wilson. It is so wild what changes in the NFL, not even that far into the season, six weeks, honestly, three weeks in, we, we knew this. Cortland Sutton to lead the league in touchdown receptions. There is zero chance that has, is going to cash this this time. It was a uh, plus six thousand when when I bet it on. I think it was like Fanduel. Um, so yes, Fanduel Sportsbook. You can enjoy that nice donation. That is long gone. Yeah, and those are fun long shot bets that you're not counting on. But it does feel painful to think of what you and I invested in Russell Wilson. What I think the the majority of people like no one was saying that Russell Wilson was going to bomb out. Maybe you wouldn't have said he was going to be elite, but nobody thought it would be this bad. We talked about it at lunch today because they've only hit their team implied total once, right, on the season, just once. Yep. We were like, what? Do, how many points per game do they do they average? And so we kind of went around the table at lunch and everyone just kind of threw out a number. And we all kind of said, like, at the end of the day, it feels like they're averaging about nine points per game. And they're, like, stuck on nine, which is very impressive. Just Dude, they're, to- they're leading the league in like total points under their their team total they're like 54 points on the season underneath that is historically so bad so they're so they're ranked first in that category that's what i'm hearing like it's or dead not last, good, however you however you look at it yeah Cortland sutton has been a train wreck the last three weeks i'll check in on one that feels pretty good i put in a couple of offensive rookie of the year wagers just kind of that's usually what we do with awards we kind of sprinkle uh you and i put a some on Lamar and that's not looking great we do have one on offensive player of the year Justin Jefferson that still has some life uh hopefully he can come through but offensive rookie of the year Chris Olave he's moved up in that market it's interesting because with the running backs they're just going to get so many more touches like Kenneth Walker's currently first and then it's Damian Pierce and then it's Olave and I think Olave is the clear wide receiver pick if he's going to continue to see this type of usage, like I, I love that one. Uh, and I just say, it feels really great for once to tout a rookie and get it right. Cause I have touted rookies in the past, <clears throat> Terrace Marshall, and they have just died <laughs> just straight up punted off a bridge. But Chris Olave, I'm really excited to talk about him this year. We're going to talk about him this week, that saints and, and Raiders game, but yep. let's talk about this week and the slate context. Cause we have 11 games. There's two teams on by, Chiefs and the Chargers, teams we usually like. But then we also have another London game, which, spoiler alert, I will not be watching that game. No. Being a West West Coast person, uh, Broncos and Jags. That is does not sound like a game I want to wake up for. Woof. Uh, and then we have a bunch of teams on by. So we only have 11 games. How does that impact the player pool this week? 
Yeah, I mean, same kind of story as we talked about the last couple of weeks. I think we've had 11 game slates the last two weeks. And, you know, it gets smaller. And a lot of the teams that we like, like you said, Casey and the Chargers are not on the slate. And we're always talking about, you know, Herbert Saxon, of course, every week. Mahomes stacks are in play. But then you throw in the teams that aren't on by that are playing, on, not on the main slate in those two teams. You also throw in Josh Allen, who we've been plugging and playing in cash every single week. He's available to us. The Bengals are number two in pass rate over expectation over the last two weeks. They've been incredible. They're not on the main slate. Um, and the Bucks guys, like we're talking about Leonard Fournette as a great play each week. And, you know, the the pass rate for Tampa, we've seen it spike in that crazy come from behind game. So, like, there's players that we love. And, oh, by the way, Lamar Jackson is also not on this main slate. So the quarterback pool is gross. It's like Jalen Hurts at the top and then everyone else for me and from my perspective. So again, it's similar to last week where you have kind of one guy that I think is capable of separating from the field. And then below that, it's pretty weak. So I think it's a relatively similar context to what we just saw this past week. Yeah, quarterback, when we get to that in salary standouts, I pray for everyone. It's And it's actually hard to pay up for Hertz. When you're constructing your roster, they priced him up appropriately. So good luck at quarterback. We also have Andrews and Kelsey off the slate. So tight end is gross as well. Uh, Kyle Pitts also it, not on the main slate because he's never on the main slate. How dare you? I just traded for him in Dynasty. Oh, you did go through with that trade. I did. Okay. I did. Okay. How do you feel, well, though? Uh, dead inside. No one can tell you. No <laughs> one on the planet can tell you exactly what to expect from Kyle Pitts. Not even Kyle Pitts. Doesn't know the game plan. They just, on Saturday and Sunday, they just say, oh, by the way, we're going to Xerox this to you. And send it to you, and here you go, Kyle Pitts. You're not included in the game plan, buddy. Mm, rough. Rough scene out there. For week eight, give me the games that are 50-ish, and I'm kind of cheating here. Yeah, we have to fudge it a little bit like we did last week because it is the Dolphins and Lions at 50 and a half. That's the only one north of 50. And then Arizona at Minnesota is getting there. It's embed up from 47 and a half to 49, which is a good trend you like to see. And then Las Vegas at New Orleans at 58 and a half, that doesn't bet up two points from from 46 and a half. Those three games are the ones that I'm profiling in our pace of play, and they're compelling. Like, there's compelling pieces. They're also kind of affordable. Like, the most expensive pieces in that range are going to be the wide receivers. Like, it's going to be Tyreek. It's going to be Justin Jefferson. It's going to be Devontae Adams. Like, those are the guys you'll have to pay up for. But I would say this is an affordable slate for the most part. Like, you're paying up in certain spots. Derrick Henry is super expensive, especially on FanDuel, because he's in a plus matchup against the Texans. But overall, this is a slate where I think you're going to have a lot of middle-tier pieces that have value and that can spike. So keep that in mind when you're building this week. Is it a Stars and Scrubs week? Is it one of those where, hey, you just feel more comfortable with a wide receiver at 6K? Who are the top five teams in terms of team implied totals? Yeah, we actually have it on the dot Kyle listed slightly incorrectly because it has updated since then. The Dolphins are now number one at 27 and a half. Uh, the, the Eagles at 27, Vikings at 26 and a half, Cowboys at 26 and a half, and then the Raiders 25.3. So your Eagles, do you feel like this is a spot? It's a, it's a Pennsylvania battle. Is there a name for this this game? Like I feel like it needs to have one of those college names. I mean, I've heard things like Battle of the Keystone State. Battle for Pennsylvania, but nothing fancy. Keystone State? I've never heard that before. Yeah, that's what Pennsylvania is, the Keystone State. Now, what does that mean? Uh, this is testing my like fourth grade history <laughs> knowledge. But, that's okay. 
I think this is probably someone out there listening knows this better than me, but I think it was like when the 13 original colonies in the States were uh, developed, it was in the middle and like the keystone in the middle, you know, keystones holding everything up in an arch. Okay. I believe that's what it comes back to, but someone please tell me that I'm incorrect and my fourth grade history teacher would be laughing at me right now. I remember middle school when we did Georgia state history, we were told at the time that Georgia was a buffer colony. And that it was a very important thing to to distance ourselves from Florida. And then you find out later, it's just a place where they like put prisoners. That's all Georgia was for a long time. Then they burned it to the ground. That's our history lesson for the day. Um, but Georgia's the peach state. That just sounds bright and fun. It sunny. does. And Arizona's just out here. We out here. That's, 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 <laughs> what, that's what it feels like. Which game do you feel like is going to be the most popular to stack? Yeah, I'm going to list here the Dolphins and the Lions. And... You know, it's not just because the total is the highest. It's because we've seen both defenses struggle over the course of the season. We've also have a situation where there's some really nice value plays. Raheem Mostert has been getting a lot of work. He's 5.9. And we just saw, you know, every week, really, we've seen. But especially last week, Tony Pollard and Zeke just went crazy. So running back matchup is awesome for Raheem. And then Waddle is just so cheap at 6.7. And I'm on our St. Brown. You know, it, it's tough to comment on him because we didn't really see him play last week because he left with a concussion uh, or in the concussion protocol, I should say. But we were talking about him last week. You know, I said he's 7.1. We were talking about jamming him into our lineups at 7.7 if we could, you know, two, three weeks ago before the injuries happened. So now he's below 7K. So there's just really good value. And I could see it getting steamed up, especially with the quarterback slate being pretty weak. People, I think, are going to play some two a stack. So it makes a lot of sense. I was looking up the pace for this game because these two teams are opposite. Like, it looks like Miami, based on their pace metrics, are slow, but their pass rate over expectation is awesome. Like, that's what we've chased. That's what we chased in week two when we said, hey, play the Dolphins against uh, the Ravens, and that won a lot of people money. The Lions, on the other hand, it looks like they're super fast. Like, it looks like based on pace of play metrics, but they prefer to run the ball. And the only reason the Lions like project as like a fast team is because they're always trailing. I looked this up in the second half of games, they're 31st in time of possession behind only the Panthers who are so bad. Like if you want to look at pace metrics and play metrics, the Panthers are historically bad uh, each week. But I just want to bring that up about that game. It depends on the game flow, but it could turn into a slow, slow affair. If you know, Detroit somehow, gets up early at home, it just becomes super slow. But uh, I think those pieces are pretty affordable, like you mentioned. Like Mostert, we'll talk about him later. I think he's going to be one of the more chalkier players. And I hope Amon Ra is healthy. Do we know anything about his status? I mean, they came out and said he didn't actually have a, a concussion. You know, for fantasy, like what we need to know is that he's still in the protocol based off what happened with the on-field you know, clumsiness. And so right now it's kind of you treated as usual. I think he'll progress throughout the week and probably will get cleared, but we're not sure. The team also behind him is is really banged up still. I mean, DJ Chark's on IR. Um, Jameson Williams still isn't ready, right? And like if Amon Ra doesn't play, I really think the ceiling from this game comes down quite a bit. We need DeAndre Swift to play. Oh, and yeah, by the way, and DeAndre Swift, I forgot about Swift. We need him to play for that game, I think, to truly take off. I'm going to say that the Arizona-Minnesota game is going to keep getting steamed up. Like, it wouldn't shock me if it got near 50. Um, there's just a lot of pieces we like. Last year, that game was 34-33. to 33. The Cardinals eked out a win. So we're not going to use that as, like, a copy and paste, but I will go back and look at that game and see, you know, how it, how it actually got there. And the game was in Minnesota as well last year. So 
keep that in mind. All right, before we go any further, let's take a quick break. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Moving right along, let's talk about the sneakiest game last week. We highlighted Houston and Las Vegas, which was pretty nice. It was a pretty nice game, but, you know, Josh Jacobs was the one you wanted. It seems like you're staying with Las Vegas here because that game's been bet up. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's really not that sneaky, but it's just, I think you look at the slate, there's, a, again, a couple games that I have zero interest in going to from a game stack. So if you're just thinking about what games can get there, this is one of them. I mean, the last few weeks, these two teams have been consistently hitting the over. Last four games for the Raiders have gone over the Vegas total. Uh, same thing for the Saints. The last four have gone over. Both defenses are bottom 11 in DVOA on the season. So you have two offenses that are playing well, averaging both teams north of 25 points per game over the last uh, last four. And then both defenses are struggling. So it makes sense on paper. You know, you could really see it getting there, especially because there's really strong plays on both sides. Um, I love the fact that Devontae Adams came down a little bit in price. Chris Olave looks super interesting. If you wanted to do like a little mini stack there, that is a, a massive ceiling in my opinion. So it's it's two good offenses that are rolling right now. Of course, quarterback play matters a lot. We'll have to see what happens with Andy Dalton versus Jameis Winston. But on paper, both teams are hitting the over consistently. And again, we saw that trend already. Earlier in the week, betters are putting their money on this game to go over. So I definitely want to you know, use that as a, a selling point to say like, hey, this one could definitely get there. What's interesting, would you feel different if you knew Jameis was playing and that, would you say the ceiling is like overall for the game environment just better? I think it is just because, you know, Andy Dalton, we really saw struggle last week with those just egregious interceptions. And, you know, Jameis, he can make mistakes too, don't get me wrong. But historically, he has been a guy that will is willing to push it downfield. You know, Andy Dalton, we kind of know what he is at this point. So that's a factor. You could also see maybe Jarvis Landry back, maybe Michael Thomas back. So there's, I think, room for this one to get even better, basically. I'll also, I'm excited to tell my great-grandchildren that Alvin Kamara used to score touchdowns. That was like, oh, I'm, I'm betting him to score this week, dude. It's gonna, you just bet it until it happens. <laughs> it's frustrating because it's there, like it's there, but there's always a case with Taysom and Jawan Johnson and Trey. Con there's just, they're a weird offense they to are. project, except for Chris Olave. Which game do you want to be underweight on? This one to me is really all about injuries and the storyline for the Seahawks is DK Metcalf I know right now it's a little bit um, up in the air as far as the specifics of his patellar tendon injury but basically I don't think he plays this week and that would 
be a massive hit to this offense. You know, you talk about replacing him with a guy like Marquise Goodwin. Like, is he fast? Sure. Is he talented enough to be a replacement for Metcalf? I don't think so. So you bring the ceiling down for Geno. And then on the Giants side, at some point, at some point, it is not going to happen for the Giants. The injuries are just almost too much to overcome at this point. I don't know how they keep getting it done. Regression is going to hit at some point. Evan Neal, Daniel Bellinger, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, the list goes on and on and on. I feel like at some point the shoe is going to drop for New York. I'm going to say, yeah, I feel I feel pretty confident that I don't want any piece in the Patriots and Jets game. Like I don't want to get cute there. Last week we said we didn't want to play the Jets at all. We didn't really want to play them or the Broncos. So I'm just going to go right back there. Zach Wilson's splits when he's pressured are just egregious. Just like you are you have a JV quarterback when he is blitzed. So I, I trust Bill Belichick to get things done. It looked gross on Monday night for them, but I don't want anything to do with that. Do you feel the same? Yeah. I mean, Brees Hall was awesome. Obviously, he's done for the year. But outside of that, you really can't have any confidence. Which team are you most confident hitting their over? And I want to give us a shout out last week. We talked about the Bengals as a team that we wanted to buy in on, and they destroyed my Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to go with New Orleans. They've gone over their team total in four straight, and in the other side of the game, their opponent, Las Vegas has allowed their opponent to go over in every game going back to week two. So give me the over on New Orleans. I like the Cardinals in this spot. Their team implied totals at 22.5. The game totals risen. They're a better road team. I need to know the status of James Conner to feel even more confident. Do we know about his status? No, they haven't really had any updates yet as far as his rib issue is concerned. Um, he sounds like he had, was dealing with a two-week injury, but we'll know more as the week goes on. That line was at minus four last time I saw it. If you have an updated line, let me know because I wouldn't mind taking the Cardinals plus four. I will so. look and see what it is. All right, which team do you are you most confident hits the under? Last week, you and I were two for two. You said the Denver Broncos with your boy Brett Rippon, who is, quote, cool. And <laughs> and I, I didn't know it was going to be this bad. I said I didn't want to play Buccaneers. And, man, I did not see them scoring three points against the Panthers, but they were a team I wasn't confident in their under. So give me yours. Yeah, real quick, uh, just looking back to that, um, Cardinals game it's minus three and a half now okay but yes I, I mean you just talked about it with Zach Wilson and the Jets how do they get there you know both teams want to run the ball there's a quarterback I don't even know it's not even a controversy I don't think but it's just what is happening in New England Damian Harris will get more healthy they have another back they can just give the ball to and both teams really want to run since Zach Wilson took over they are not letting him throw now they're down Elijah Vera Tucker for the season two it's just it's hard to see that that team getting there. I'm going to take the Steelers. Their team play total is around 16. I just don't want to face anybody against your Eagles, and you got to feel super great uh, considering that. But, I mean, their defense has been top-notch. They're allowing 10 points a game. 10 points a game. That's ridiculous. You'll, you'll love to see it. Yeah. No, 10, sorry, 10 fantasy points per game to opposing. Uh, I got that completely wrong. They're six best. <laughs> Let me say this right. They're six best in terms of points scored allowed. So I would take the Steelers in the under. And I, other than George Pickens, is there anybody on the Steelers side that you would think about correlating with? I mean, Deontay Johnson sees the volume, but you know his ADOT and his yards per target 
is still terrible. Like I think it's right now it's five yards per target. Maybe it's not a Big Ben issue. Maybe that's just who he is, you know? So yeah, I mean, he'll see a bunch of Darius Slay on the perimeter and um, it's just, you can't have any confidence. We know every year rookie quarterbacks don't support wide receivers and we're seeing that again here. So yeah, I mean, I like that game because the Steelers give up a ton of production through the air. Jalen Hurts looks great. So if you want to play an Eagle stack, that makes sense. I don't think you need to bring it back with anyone. Yeah, that's an onslaught build that if you just want to take two or three Eagles and be done with it, I'm totally fine with it. Um, I think Pickens is going to be steamed up after what people saw on Sunday night. All right, let's talk about his salary standouts. Salary standouts. I apologize to anyone this week that is looking at the quarterback list and says, ooh, maybe I'll get different from Jalen Hurts. And you can, and we're, we'll, we'll give you some options. Just on Tuesday, it is really hard to be super confident in a play. So Jalen Hurts at 8,300 on DraftKings and 9,200 on FanDuel. Is that your strategy as of right now to pay up? I think so. But again, it's just so early in the week that we don't know. We need to see what kind of value we get. There's a couple guys we'll talk about for tight end that look like okay punts. You know, defense, we're always punting. And then wide receiver right now, there's some decent mid-range options. And so I think that build will make sense as the week goes on. But, you know, right now, like I said, I think it's Jalen Hurts head and shoulders above everyone else. So if you want to pay up for him and prioritize it, I don't hate it. Kyler is kind of the next quarterback up, and I like him in tournaments. I like him on FanDuel 8,200. I think he can be a difference maker. I think other than Hurts, he's the only one that you're saying, like, okay, he can get there. So I want to mention Kyler. What's your temperature check on Daniel Jones? We're getting a floor. He's rushing the ball at least eight times a game. So thoughts on that for a pretty affordable amount, 5,700 on DraftKings in a great matchup against the Seahawks. Yeah, the matchup on paper is awesome against Seattle. Um, The rushing is there, like you said, eight plus rush attempts a game. So he's a guy that I think makes sense because he can rip off big plays, but he can also give you a solid floor with just the rushing alone. I still have major concerns, like I said, in general about New York with just he doesn't have playmakers and Daniel Bellinger was actually starting to become a legit weapon for him. Now he doesn't have him. So it's like Wandale and no one else. So can he get there and rip off a huge play and be a big difference maker at quarterback because of the rushing? Absolutely. Is the floor going to be there because of the rushing? I think so. But I think the most likely range of outcomes is like he gets you 17 DraftKings points. He doesn't get you 35. Is it also a chance that if you just want to feel alive, on Sunday. If you just want to remind yourself that you are living and you want to raise your blood pressure, Daniel Jones is the play. <laughs> yeah, if you if you go into this week and you play him, which I'm not saying don't, I'm just saying if you do. Do not watch the game. <laughs> do not watch the game because your heart rate will be through the roof. What if okay, what if I want to take this a step further? What if you wanted to play your boy Sam Ellinger at 4K for the Colts? Is there even like Against- a percentage chance. Yeah. Are you somewhat tempted because of that price? No. Not even a second. Come on. Come on. 4K. That, that is insane. I truthfully didn't even know that that was possible for quarterback. Okay. So that yeah, obviously they left him down there because of when their pricing came out. You need, you need 12 and a half points. You need 14 points. And you would be a happy person with the savings you could get from Sam Ellinger. So... I just want to throw it out there. I can't do it. He does run the ball. So there is at least something there. 
Um, and then they, <laughs> they put out this quote today. I don't know if you saw this, but they said, here's the game plan with Sam Ellinger because it's a different playbook because he can run and, and Ryan doesn't. And the quote was that they're going to play, they're going to give more nakeds, more boots. Hey I know. That's Watch just, out. that's what they said. So I said, okay, well, this is the news. More nakeds. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? We'll find out this week. So those are our quarterback plays for the week. I also don't mind Kirk Cousins. He's fine. He's fine. You could stack him in tournaments. At running back this week, if you're going to pay up for Hurts, I feel like with a three running back build, we can't just jam in everyone like we did last week. So what's your early lean at the running back position? Yeah, I mean, I think Ken Walker is still a really good value because they're moving his price up each week, but it's not really enough to catch up to the workload he's seeing and how productive he's been. You know, last two weeks, 24 opportunities and 23 opportunities, uh, 69 and 73% of the snaps, and he's running routes. So he really is a guy that I think should be priced north of 7K for what he has been doing. And again, you have DK Metcalf likely out. So does he become even more of a focal point in the offense? I think so. So early in the week, Ken Walker is just not expensive enough. He's still a really good value. Yeah, I, I was looking at my cash lineup early. Ken Walker, the Giants are allowing the highest yards per carry. On the other side of the ball, Saquon faces a Seahawks team that's given up the most total rushing yards. So we usually say don't play two running backs in the same game. Last week we did because we had Eckler, but Eckler was kind of a pass-catching fiend, so it didn't really matter. So those two running backs project super well and Daniel Jones in that same game. So I think I will have for sure Ken Walker, and then I want to put one of those giants, I think. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, they both project really well. We finally get Josh Jacobs priced up, 7,500, but he's been a top five running back each of the last three games, 144 and two, 154 and one, and 143 and three. I mean, are you going to stay in the flames? I mean, his workload has just been incredible. And if you look at their pass rate over expectation, no, it is Josh Jacobs season. It is going down and down and down each week because of how good he's been. And so they're feeding him the rock. So yeah, if you want to go there, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, it's just, I, I don't want to chase backs that keep going up and up in price. And 7,500, you're getting close to Derrick Henry, who's in an absolutely incredible matchup against Houston. Just look at what Josh Jacobs just did. So, you know, it's getting tougher to click the button on him when he gets that high. But if anyone just wants to stay in the flames, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I think so. They did the right thing of pricing him up, but he's now at the point where he's not just an automatic play every single week. I do like Devontae Adams a lot this week. New Orleans has given up the second highest yards per route run to out wide wide receivers. So I, I think that there's a lot to like in Devontae Adams this week, especially because the field has been playing Josh Jacobs and not thinking about it the last couple of weeks. I think Raheem Mostert at 5,900 might be the most popular running back on the slate. Him and Ken Walker are probably going to go back and forth until we get some you know, value that opens up. But the price, the matchup, it's gold. Detroit's allowed the second most rushing touchdowns, and they rank 31st in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to the running back position. So is Raheem Mostert currently in your cash lineup? I haven't built one yet, but if I how, was... How dare you? I know, I know. Kyle, I've got a life, okay? I don't, I don't build lineups on Tuesday like you. Um, yeah, I mean, 5.9. The name Raheem Moser doesn't sound exciting, but like his last four game logs, 18, 21, 16, 21 opportunities. 
Chase Edmonds is doing like nothing right now. And the matchup, like you said, couldn't be better. So yeah, below 6K, he makes a lot of sense. On FanDuel, I'll give you a couple other names. So I mentioned Derrick Henry is $10,000. FanDuel is really good at pricing people up when they have a really good matchup. And this is the matchup against the Texans, who are dead last against running backs. And everything. (laughs) Yes. Keep in mind, I do want to mention this. I love, these, these are some of my favorite little stats. The Texans did beat the Titans last year. Like, don't forget, yeah. the number one seed in the AFC, they beat them. They're at home. I'm just saying, like, don't count it out, but play Derrick Henry. Do you think Henry will be popular this week? Um, on DraftKings, he definitely will be, for sure. It's it's tough to pay 10K for a player on FanDuel, even though their pricing is relatively soft compared to DraftKings. But, yes, I think he will be very popular this week. Dalvin Cook at 8,200. I feel like he's lost in the, in the shuffle on FanDuel. I think that's one that you can look at. Miles Sanders priced up on both sites, but he's getting opportunities. Did you know he's averaging 20 opportunities per game? I would never have guessed that, truthfully. Yeah, over 80 rushing yards. And the Steelers, we've kind of been attacking them with running backs for over a year now. They've been a run funnel. So you can go there if you want. Uh, Any other running backs you want to mention? I mean, I'm going to mention uh, Daryl Henderson against, against 49ers. He's cheap. And... Maybe they'll keep, you know, spreading out the workload, but I need to mention him just because Cam Akers is probably off the team soon. Yes, and even if he is on the team, I don't think he sees a touch or is even active. So, yeah, I mean, he makes sense because, again, he's in that price range where it's pretty exciting because there's not a lot of value right now. But that said, we still saw two weeks ago before their bye week, they had... Uh, who was it Ronnie Rivers or whoever it was in running back your boy your boy Ronnie yeah, your boy Ronnie was coming in to take carries away so Daryl Henderson's role is not as elite as maybe we think it is I, personally that's what my feeling is and against San Francisco it's an awful matchup so I'm not inclined to go there in cash if you want to say the Rams get on track out of the bye week and, and get going in tournament fine but I'm not having him in my pool right now early in the week fun fact about your boy Ronnie Rivers uh I bought Houston my son some football cards this past weekend and ronnie rivers was in the pack of all let's people. go let's I think go he, i think he was drafted by the cardinals and then like practice squad or you know anyway ronnie rivers but the way this nfl season start, like he's gonna be someone we're gonna talk about in week 17 for dfs probably oh guaranteed guaranteed that's how the season is gone so yes absolutely at wide receiver CD Lamb, I think you can go right back to him. He's $200 more expensive on DraftKings, but the target share is still there. And the matchup against Chicago still is great. I think he should be priced up a little bit more. And I think they'll open up the playbook. We saw their pass rate over expectation at least trend in a better way than it had been the last couple of weeks. So I think CD Lamb highest is, since week one. Their pass rate. What are we going to do with the Cowboys? Because they're going to project well. And yet their outcomes are just kind of meh for fantasy every single week. Well, I think they can be better. I mean, you know, with Dak, we talked, I talked about this on the injury blitz. I talked about this on the main show. I said, look, there's outs for Dak to not have a great game just because it's his first game back with a thumb. And he said afterwards, like it felt pretty good, but yeah, it's a little sore. So each week his thumb is going to feel better. We saw the pass rate climb way above what it was when he was out. And now you have Zeke dealing with a knee injury. There's not a lot of headlines about this. Zeke, he could have ended his season if his foot was planted on the ground way, the way he got hit. That knee injury he had is going to feel worse today, tomorrow, 
Thursday. As the week goes on, it'll swell and get play more sore. So there's an outside chance Zeke is either limited or doesn't play. And if that's the case, like you could really see the efficiency boost for Dallas. So I don't mind taking shots on Dallas builds, especially because Michael Gallup was like a, a sexy, trendy GP play. Literally, team all cardio last week, nothing, zero points. So I, I like going back to Dallas this week. I wrote Dak up in the you know first look article as people aren't going to want to play him. They're going to they saw what they were last week and they go, okay, they played the Lions, and that was mostly a mat game until he got a touchdown at the very end. So, in, they're they're interesting in tournaments for sure. Chris Olave and a couple other wide receivers in the six K range, I think, is who we liked the most at the beginning of the week. Uh, Chris Olave against the Raiders, who are giving it up to everybody through the air. And he's just killing it. Rest of season, this is kind of a redraft. Is Chris Olave a top 20 wide receiver? Oh, I thought you were going to go like top 12. Easy top 20. Easy, okay. I think so. Top 15? Uh, yeah, that's probably where I put the line. Top 15. Wow. I remember having this conversation with you. And the hot take that we gave was that he would be the rookie wide receiver one. And likely the wide receiver one on his own team. But top 15, this is... I need to go back through the archives and get our entire team of just thousands of people to listen. But I feel like there is a there is an episode where you and I talked about a ceiling and You said top fifteen. Did I? Yes, I remember it vividly. It was like right before the NFL draft, we talked about him as a prospect. And I think you had said if he goes to the right situation, he could be that. Well well well. <laughs> well well. It only took four injuries from to get here, but here we are. I'm so glad you said that, Betts, but I will go back and listen. I, I mean, I will get all the people we have to go and listen, Chris Olave. But 6K, he should be at least $600, $700 more. So I think he'll be a popular cash game play this week. I'll mention another name and I'll let you go, but can I talk you into some DJ Moore? I mean, did you read the GPP article this week, buddy? It was steel underpants time for everyone out there that read it. I wrote him up as a play because, you know, it's like play it before you see it. CMC was over 23% target share. Robbie Anderson has been terrible, but he was up at 14%. So there's literally no one, and I mean no one, and I, Kyle, I mean no one in the wide receiver room, shout out to Terrace Marshall, to take volume away from DJ Moore. And now you get the Falcons. So I hate the game environment, but 5.3, he's still going to see a lot of volume. So I don't hate it at all. I'm looking back to the articles. <laughs> I might have put him as a cash pick in FanDuel <laughs> last week. Look at that. I, I don't know, but I, I just know that he projected well enough at a stupid price point. No, I was I didn't have the stones to say that. I definitely didn't. Mm. But it's the Falcons. It's the Falcons. You, you're gonna, they're going to get destroyed by outside receivers. Can't really trust your boy P.J. Walker, but at 5,300... A.J. Terrell, too. Hamstring injury, probably not going to play. At 5,300, though, like I think D.J. Moore projects fine for cash. On a yep. slate that we would say is... You know, it's fine. Like it's not. A, it's not going to be a, a slate to blow it out of the water. Give me your wide receivers that you like early in the week. Yeah, it's that game stack I kind of talked about. You know, Amon Ra, if if he returns and is healthy, is I think a little underpriced for the role we've seen him have. And then same thing with Jalen Waddle. The price difference between him and Tyreek is massive. It's almost two thousand dollars on this slate. And granted, Tyreek is on pace to crush um, the league in receiving yards. It's like two thousand yards. His pace is crazy. But we've seen plenty of productive games from from Waddle, and at six point seven, he projects really well. I'll also go down to the four point seven range. Wandell um, is a great play this week. Daniel Bellinger is going to miss this game. 
Kadarius Tony is a myth. Kenny G still not playing. Like he's gonna get opportunity, and his target route run two weeks in a row very very strong. His snap rate went up massively compared to his debut two weeks ago. So Wandale at four point seven is a great, I think, early in the week value play. I'll give you a couple of Fanduel names. It, you may have forgotten, but Cooper Cup is still good at football. He's coming off the bye, and he's cheaper than he has been. He's only ninety three hundred on Fanduel, which is for Cooper Cup world pretty cheap. His last three games against San Francisco. 11 for 122, 7 for 118 in a score, and 14 for 122 earlier this year. Would you take that? Uh, I think that'd be fine. I'd be okay with it. Yeah, that's unreal. Yeah, Cooper Cup is still good at the game. DeAndre Hopkins, 7,900. We're going to be stacking that game and talking about how to stack that game, but he's cheaper on FanDuel in terms of just overall salary as a relative value. And then going back to George Pickens, I don't know what they did to his price. It's one of those glitches where they, they have a primetime game, but he's only 5,500 on FanDuel. So there's something wrong with that after going six for 61 and one. He's seen six plus targets in five games in a row. So George Pickens is their one, in my opinion, and somebody I want to chase for fantasy. Let's go to tight end. We have no Kelsey. We have no Andrews. And it seems like Kittle's the only game-breaking tight end Debo popped up on the injury report the last couple of days, so we got to monitor that. If Debo, let's just say Debo is out for the thought exercise, is Kittle like like a priority play? We talked about him last week, right? We said the usage is trending up, his routes run, his playing time, all those sort of things, and he went out and had an awesome game. He's still decently cheap for the ceiling he has. So yeah, if if there is no Debo, I think it makes a lot of sense to look at at George Kittle this week. He's I think five point seven k on DraftKings. Yeah, he, he's affordable. Irv Smith, I think, will be a popular play in that game. Cardinals are 31st adjusted points given up to the tight end position. He's fine at 3,500. I wish he was cheaper, but, you know, based on the tight end landscape, that's what you get. Can I talk you into some punt plays, though, Betts? Oh, I mean, I know th- you know I love a good tight end punt. I, I'm serious. I think this might be the best part of fantasy and best part of DFS is it executing a punt play, which... I think it was like a year or two ago I wrote an article about executing the punt play in DFS and man, nothing feels better than finding a 3k person or a 2.5 tight end like Greg D and just it hits. So, oh yeah. Here are the names this week at 3.2 we both like Juwan Johnson. What if I told you over the last 2 weeks he has the second most routes run at the tight end position bets? I believe it. I believe it. He's been involved, especially if no Adam Troutman. He was, you know, Thursday night game last week. Troutman is, was out. So if there's still no Michael Thomas, still no Troutman, Juwan is going to be out there a ton. Yeah, he's interesting. And then what about Chris Myrick? Who the heck is that? <laughs> I was waiting for that. Chris Myrick. <laughs> Chris Myrick. Is your boy. So apologies to his mother. I don't know who that is. Chris Myrick is the backup tight end for the Giants. And, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sadly, Daniel Bellinger, our boy, had to have some gruesome, a gruesome eye injury that requires surgery. But Myrick is the backup who's been running routes. I realized after going through these four main positions, though, we talked about Daniel Jones. We talked about Saquon Barkley. We talked about Wandale. And now your boy, Chris Myrick. That's way too many Giants. I'm not going to be playing more than one in my lineup. And that's why I said I kind of want to be underweight in that game is because there's so much value that like people I think are going to want to try to fit them in. So it's an easy, I think, fade in tournaments. They're probably going to project well from a value plays, but 
you know, these guys, like, the floor is so low, and especially for a punt tight end, their floor is zero points. That is definitely in the range of outcomes, especially a guy like this who I didn't even know existed and didn't I didn't know he played in the league. So I guess you could go there. I don't think you need the savings necessarily on the slate, but if you want to go there, shoot your shot. Jason was asking me today if there's any punt tight ends this week, and I mentioned Chris Myrick, and he said, I have a firm rule. I don't play players who I don't know exist. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a very good rule to follow for DFS. Uh, I, I guess you could play Foster Moreau. Like if Darren Waller's out, you can go back to him. 3.1. He projects fine. He's fine. I, I would yeah. prefer Juwan Johnson though. Same. Uh, Dallas Goddard is a great middle option. He's always going to project super well. And then can I talk you into some Kyle Pitts? No, you can't because last week, if Arthur, buddy, Last week, they went down 21-0 to zero to Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and they still attempted 13 total passes in the game. If it wasn't going to happen last week, it is never going to happen for that offense. Not a chance I can play him. There are people that are f- way more enlightened than I that can explain this to me and explain the situation to me like I'm five. Like, I, like help me. Help me understand what's going on. And I had a tweet that I retweeted from Sam Hoppin from 4 for 4 that – it got me on a ton of different levels. One, it was a it was a Falcons tweet. I'm already there. Second, it was a Moneyball tweet, which I love Moneyball. Great movie. Uh, Great I'm movie. Just, I'm just going to read it to you. Billy, these are the Atlanta Falcons. They have a generational talent at tight end. They drafted one of the best young wide receivers, and they are often in a negative game script. The only problem is they never pass the ball. <laughs> it makes zero sense you can kyle pitts is not even startable in season-long leagues and tight end position is atrocious mark andrews is dealing with an injury (laughs) like every year we think we got something in these guys and it's just travis kelsey and mark andrews that's it i hate it so much so much and i hate it because there's people in my mention and sam's mention and other people's mention that basically are defending this and saying this is a winning way, and I just hate, I hate it so much for fantasy, and I hate it as a Falcons fan because, you know, about my kid's Pitts jersey. I have a Pitts jersey. I'm excited for this to be the phase of my franchise, and he's also a great guy. Like, Pitts is so nice. Ugh. Anyway, let's talk about defense. The Patriots are more expensive than what I would normally go to, but at 3000 against Zach Wilson, I don't hate it he's average over the last three weeks bets 13 completions that's called the marcus Mariota. yep that is not good and you mentioned you know there's a a tweet out there i think it's from uh one of the pff guys i can't remember who it was that looked at his splits like you said his splits against pressure i mean you can't even put into words it is so bad bill belichick is going to know this they just lost a starting lineman elijah Barry tucker i don't know what's going to happen with where they come in because the 3k ish defenses generally get overlooked if they are single digits in gpps absolutely the patriots can i give i, I have that sat in front of me let me give oh you please this. hit the people with it i did it it's painful i looked at it again and i almost didn't want to bring it up because there's so much pain <laughs> zach wilson's completion percentage under pressure this this year under pressure it's so bad it's 16 percent. okay <laughs> his yards per attempt under pressure this year 1.7 yards per attempt. 1.7. Oh <laughs> anyway, yes, uh, you can definitely attack with the Patriots. If, and I would say 3,000 is fine. Like, it's yeah. not too expensive. Uh, I think the Commanders are going to be the most popular play, though. 
Yeah, I think for good reason. 2.6 is a, a decent tag. And yeah, we talked about it. Sam Ellinger, we just don't know what we're going to get. He's never attempted a pass in the pros outside of the preseason. So it makes a lot of sense. And the offensive line is kind of a, t- uh, a unit we were picking on anyway with Matt Ryan there. So yeah, Washington 2.6, that's like the, the best uh, cheap option this week. If you want to go on FanDuel, the options that are kind of interesting, like the Cardinals are priced down, the Commanders are priced down as well, so they'll be chalky. But man, if you just didn't care about price and you said, you know what, I want to get 12 points out of my defense, just play the Cowboys against Justin Fields. He looked great on Monday night, but how many sacks? I'm going to set the line at five and a half. That's probably pretty fair because I think most games, the lines are set around like four and a half, so it would definitely be higher. Yeah, I think Michael Parsons goes off here. That would make a lot of sense. I would take the over at five and a half. Yeah, Justin Fields leads the league in sack rate. It's it's ridiculous. But I think the commander's going to be the overwhelming cheap play. And we would say, don't get cute. Just save the money. Go down there. It's uh, it's totally fine. If you want to play with us, you can go to ballersdfs.com. Play with us in our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS Borg Plus Bets. Enter a contest that we have for you. We would love to play with you. And maybe, maybe... This Thursday, when you and Jason record, you guys can tease a little big shimmy contest. I feel like hey now. I feel like that's what the people want. They want to bully Jason. And Jason is oh. is a big dude. Take his lunch money, people. That's what we want. We want you to make him sad. Take his lunch money. You know, Jay, people think Jason's just like, oh, you know, he's just a big guy. Jason is athletic. Jason can move. I believe around. that. He's got some like like MMA like background like he played basketball like Jason can move so if you're thinking about bullying Jason the DK lobby be ready like he packs a punch we would all say if there was one person that could beat up everybody in the office it's Jason and that's the best thing that you could talk about in your office right with HR it's like uh-huh. yeah exactly which, which of my bosses <laughs> can beat me up <laughs> what a time I know he just said as long as you just run just run away he won't want to run after you it's totally fine. But yes, go to ballersdfs.com if you want to play with us. Bets, sign us off. I would be happy to. What a show. This was fun. Um, a really interesting slate. I'm excited to talk about it on Thursday and for you guys on Friday with the big shimmy. Kyle is traveling for the week, so Kyle, wish you well. We'll catch you next week. Listeners, we'll see you on Friday. Have a great week. Until next time. Listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.